0: It is in Christ alone that we find the power of God.
1: And so today we'll be studying from Isaiah chapter 53 verse 10 to verse 11. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 10 to verse 11 in which Simon read for us earlier today. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him, the word says, and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. The prophecy by the prophet Isaiah, about 800 years before the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the cross of Jesus Christ, it is the center of all human history, especially for those of us who are of the faith. All of those people of the faith who lived before the time of Jesus Christ, all those of the faith who lived before the, uh, the crucifixion, they looked eagerly towards the day of the Messiah. They, they looked eagerly towards it and they were waiting for that day that the Messiah would arrive. Now those of us, those of us of the faith who live after the, the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ, we put our faith in looking back. We look back passionately
0: towards that crucifixion. We look back passionately
1: towards that. 2,000 years ago on Calvary, where our Lord Jesus Christ died and was crucified upon that cross. And so that's what we're going to focus on today. What is the cross all about? What is the work of our Lord Jesus Christ upon that cross? What does that mean for us as Christians? Unfortunately, many times we as Christians, we have come to believe that the message or the doctrine of the cross has become too basic for us. Many times as Christians, we feel that we know enough about the cross already. And so we oftentimes, we want to move beyond it. Oftentimes, we want to move to things that we see as more advanced things in our, our, our journey, and our faith. However, we can't do that and we shouldn't do that because the cross, the message of the cross, what Jesus Christ did upon that cross 2,000 years ago, it is the foundation of all that we do. It is the foundation of all that we do. And if that foundation crumbles, if we forget about that foundation, if we go away from that foundation and we set a totally different foundation, without that foundation, the entire house will crumble. Everything
0: will fall. So everything that we do is based upon the foundation of Jesus Christ the works that he did actually that thousand. you know during this time during this time of this pandemic i believe that we desperately 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 need the spirit
1: we need a revival and that spiritual revival can only take place with people on their knees, the foot
0: of the front. We can't wait for it to take place at the
1: seminary. It's not going to take place at the seminary. It's not going to take place in church buildings as we yearn so much to come back into the church building, to worship once again inside the church building. But this spiritual awakening, this revival, it's not going to take place in church buildings. Not going to take place in seminaries. It's not going to take place among any particular denomination. But for it to take place, for this spiritual awakening, for this revival to take place, it must take place with men and women who must be willing to once again get down on their knees before that cross and just kneel and pray
0: for. You see.
1: We can't afford any longer to continue to reduce Christianity into being about just about ethics. We can't afford any longer to reducing Christianity to becoming just about moral values. We can no longer afford to continue to reduce Christianity to being just about providing social programs. Because Christianity, Christianity, the faith of Christianity, is so much more than that. If we are to find power once again in Christianity, if we are to find power once again in our Lord, in our God, then what we must do is that we must base it upon the personhood of Jesus. And base it upon the understanding and the knowledge of the works that he did upon that cross. And this is what makes the Christian faith unique. This is what makes the Christian faith special. No one else can say that, no one else can point to their prophet and say that this is God. But yet in the Christian faith, we can point to our founder, we can point to our Lord Jesus Christ, and we can say that, that man, or that Jesus Christ, he is God in the flesh. It is only in the Christian faith that we can do. It. That is what makes us unique and special. Jesus Christ says, Jesus Christ says that we are the light of the world. You see, in Matthew chapter 5, these are the very words of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are the light of the world, a city built upon a hill. We are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And so you see, when we lose this power, when we lose this power, when we drift away from the message of the cross, away from the foundation of what we do, and we lose this power, which is the saltiness that Jesus Christ talks the power of God in us, the power of the Holy Spirit in us. When we no longer
0: have that power, what good is it? What good are we? We are no longer. And Jesus says, we're no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled. So it is so That we return to that boundary it is so so important indeed that we we return to the foot of that cross you know modern christianity we continue to believe that we need to become more like the world in order for us to be relevant but jesus christ says you are to be more As we
1: try to be more like the world, Jesus Christ is calling us to be more. And the scriptures in Romans chapter 12 says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world. And even though the scriptures say things like this, we have come to believe that the scripture is no longer relevant. We have come to believe in our modern Christianity.
0: That we have become too sophisticated. Or the word of God. And so we push it aside. And we go our own way. And we wonder why there is no more. We wonder why there's no more power.
1: And we need to return back to that. That transformation in which the Apostle Paul talks about in Romans chapter 12. That transformation comes. It comes only through the knowledge of our Lord.
0: Not through any other thing. Not through any other thing.
1: But it comes only through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And without such knowledge and understanding of the personhood of Jesus Christ and his works upon that cross, we have lost all our power. There can be no power. And unless we abide in him, the scripture says, Jesus Christ says himself, unless we abide in him, we can do absolutely.
0: Nothing. We can do absolutely nothing. And so today as we come together to celebrate,
1: I want to bring our minds back to him. I want to bring our hearts back to what Jesus Christ did upon that cross. Upon that cross where every day we would proclaim that salvation is free. And indeed it is. But yet, even
0: though salvation is free to us, brothers and sisters, it costs us the life of our Lord. Even though it is free to us, it is because he was the one to pay the debt that you and I can never pay. So
1: if I was to ask you today, what do you think about when you think about? Oftentimes when we think about the cross, we often talk about the nails in his hand. Oftentimes when we talk about the cross, we often think about the cruelty of the Romans or the malice of the Jews. Oftentimes when we think about the cross, we talk about the spears at his side. We talk about the, th- the crown of thorn upon his head. We often talk about all the physical
0: torture that Jesus Christ. And rightly so. But there is something much more important.
1: Because the cup in which Jesus Christ knelt down in the garden of Gethsemane, on the night in which he was betrayed, by, on that night in which he knelt down upon his knees, to, and he was sweating blood, and he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. You see, this prayer, this cup that he was talking about, that Jesus Christ was referring to, he wasn't referring to the physical torture and pain that he was about to go through. He wasn't referring to the Romans. He wasn't referring to the Jews. He wasn't referring to how, how violent this punishment of the Romans were going to be. He wasn't referring to the the zealous hatred of Jewish religious leaders at that time. He wasn't referring to the nails that were in his hands and his feet. That's not the thing that Jesus Christ was referring to. But here in the scripture, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10 to verse 11, we see exactly what Jesus Christ was referring to when he says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. The cup that Jesus Christ is referring to, this prayer that Jesus Christ made was in regard to the wrath of the Father that would be empty upon him on that cross due to the sin of the world. You see, every man, every woman, and every child of faith that has ever lived, from the beginning of time all the way to the end of time, everyone's sin was put upon Jesus Christ at that moment upon that cross. That's why the word of God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteous of God. See, we we can't even bore, can't even bear our own sin. We can't even pay for this, our own sin. And so the Son of God, the Son of God Himself had to come. He voluntarily took
0: upon our sin. And that, brothers and sisters, is the cup that he has talking about. That is the cup in which he was praying about. Father, take this cup from me. Let it be as according to your will. And so if we turn to Isaiah
1: chapter 53, verse 10 through verse 11, we see here in verse 10, we see here in verse 10 that it was God's will for him to die. It says here, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and
0: cause him. Some would say, Pastor, Pastor, isn't this such cruelty? Someone say, Pastor, this is such cruelty because we don't understand God. Though. We don't believe in God. Though. Our God is the God of love. How can He ever do such a thing? And so we say, okay, let's throw away the Old Testament. We don't want to read about the Old Testament. But without the Lord, we wouldn't have Jesus.
1: And so we say, you know, Pastor, Pastor, this this cruelty of God, we can't accept it. We don't believe he can ever do such a thing. But we must understand one.
0: We must understand one thing about God. And because he is a God of perfect love, he must hate. He must hate. And that term might wake you up. That term might cause some controversy in your minds. And you say, you'll say, Pastor, Pastor, my God doesn't. But just because God is love, then he must, he must. Just as you and I, you and I, if we love people, we love people, then we must hate oppression against you and I, you and I, if we hate people, of, if we love people of all races, if we love people of all ethnic groups, then we must hate racism. And so God in his holiness, God in his perfect love, He must rebuke sin. He must be against. He must crush.
1: He must turn sin away. And so that is the reason why here in the scriptures, it says that it is the Lord's will.
0: Crush. This word crush. This word crush
1: here is in, in reference. To just breaking something down to its smallest pieces. This word "crush" here is in reference. It is in reference to totally destroying something. This word "crush" here is in reference to making something into a powder-like
0: substance, and that's what God was doing to His Son on that. On that cross. because of the sin of the world, God was crushing, son, as His Son bore our sins upon. Him. Brothers and sisters, this is the message, and it is also His will. It is also His will to cause Him. And then it goes on, and it says, it is also his will to make his life an offering for.
1: He became that offering for sin. In the scriptures we often read, a sin is often referred to as a debt. A moral debt,
0: indeed. moral debt.
1: And that debt, we can never repay God. Let me put it this way. If I was to come to your house and if I was to scam you out of $10 million and I was to take all your money and I was to spend it and you were to take me to court, you were to take me to court, you were to sue me in court. But no matter what you do, no matter if you were to sue me in court, the thing is, I would never be able to pay back that $10 million back to you.
0: But here in this case, the judge steps down. The judge judge steps down and he pays that $10
1: million. And my You see, that is what that is the reason why God made Jesus Christ, his own son, to become the offering for sin. Because you and I, we we owe this debt to God, this debt that is so big that we cannot ever repay it back to him. There is absolutely nothing that we can do to give this debt back to God to repay this debt back to God.
0: So, well, because the only one that can pay for that is the Son, is the Son Himself, and so the sons pay that. Give me, give me a minute here. Or about that, I need my laptop here.
1: You know, in this offering, this offering for sin, as to why Jesus Christ have to be made this offering, is shown to us in Luke chapter seven, when Jesus Christ referred to the two people who owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him five hundred
0: and the other 50. And neither of them
1: had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. So Jesus Christ goes on and he asks, which one will love him more? And so the obvious answer in this this story that Jesus Christ is telling us is that the one who who had the bigger debt
0: will be the one who appreciates God's mercy.
1: And this is the reason why you and I, we can never pay this And this is the reason why Christ was made this offering for us. He stepped in. He fulfilled this debt that we owe to God. And in doing so, in doing so, what he did was he turned the judgment of God. He turned this holy wrath
0: of God, this wrath that belongs to God, he turns all of this away from us. And so today, we are now deemed justified.
1: That's why it goes on, and says, Christ it goes on in this verse and it says that he would justify many. He would justify many. You see, we are now deemed righteous before God's sight. Because of the work of Jesus Christ on that cross. And so Christ doesn't only take away our sin, but he also gives us his righteousness. And in Christian theology, this is referred to as the doctrine of imputation. So while before, before the work of Jesus Christ, Adam's sin was passed on to us. Because by nature, he is our father. He is our natural father. And so his sin was passed on to us. But now with the death of Jesus Christ upon that cross, he has taken that sin, that sin that Adam has taken, that Adam has given to us, he's taken that away from us. But not only did he take that away from us, but he he also credits us. The theologian will say that Jesus' righteousness is imputed to us. In other words, his righteousness is now Credited to us. So not only did he take away our sin, but he also credited his righteousness to us. And this process is what Martin Luther refers to as the glorious exchange. The glorious exchange. Our sins traded for Christ's righteousness. And so Jesus Christ took upon us. So the three things that happened is that first off, Adam's sin was passed unto us. And then upon that cross, our sin is passed to Jesus Christ. And in Jesus Christ's righteousness is passed unto us. And that's the reason why in the Old Testament, it provides many shadows, many pictures of this. Many of the rituals throughout the Old Testament, when the priest had to come and sacrifice bulls and goats, They had to find the bulls, the goats. They had to find the animal without any blemish, the most perfect animal to bring before God as a sacrifice for sins, first for their own sin and then for the sins of the people. All of this, all of this were pointing to Jesus Christ. They were all but just shadows of of Jesus Christ, the ultimate, the ultimate sacrifice. And that's why upon that cross, Jesus Christ says, it is finished. It is finished. There will there is no more need to continue to do animal sacrifice. There is no more need for all these
0: rituals of the old testament. But
1: because it is done. It is finished upon that cross. In Romans chapter thirty three, verse twenty-one to verse twenty-four. This is what it says that apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets the prophets Testify, you see so here in Romans chapter 3 it is telling us that the law the Old Testament laws and all the prophets of the Old Testament they are all they're all making testimonies about Jesus Christ everything that they were doing was pointing people towards the cross, pointing people towards this Messiah who, who was upon that cross pointing people towards Jesus Christ Then it goes on and says this righteousness
0: given through Christ, all,
1: there is no difference between Jews and Gentiles, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All are justified freely by
0: his grace through the Bible. So on that cross, when your sin is passed on to him, when the sin of you and I were passed on to
1: him, upon that cross when he bear our iniquity. As in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 11 says and it, it ends
0: by saying that he will bear their that's the scripture that's what the work of our Lord Jesus upon is all about.
1: And today today just as the scripture prophesies in the first part of Isaiah 53, verse 11, it says, After he has suffered, he will see in the light. of
0: Talking about the resurrection. 800 to 1,000 years. It was already written that he will be resurrected from the grave. He will see. And today, that's what the resurrection does for us. It Confirms to us, O Jesus Christ, that He is indeed the Messiah that was prophesied the old He is indeed the one to come and bore our sins upon his body, as it was prophesied. In the old he is the one to come, and he is the one who is crushed by the Lord. Just as it was. Isaiah. So we can find comfort. We can find assurance in who Jesus Christ is. Through resurrection. Identified terms to us who believe. And so on this day, Jesus Christ our Lord has
1: defeated the sin bondage of sin, Once He has overcame death. He has overcome the powers, the evil powers of this world.
0: And so we can find comfort that.
1: Yeah. You know, many, many mainline Protestant churches, along with many evangelical churches nowadays, often don't really want to focus on the atonement anymore. They often don't really want to focus on on Jesus Christ on that cross, what it means that Jesus Christ took upon our sin. Many nowadays just want to believe and just want to teach that the cross is merely just a metaphor of God's kindness, mercy, and willingness. And in a sense, that is part.
0: That is part. It It is so much. It is God crushing His own Son on that cross. Due to sin. Due to sin that we have never, we, oh God, and we are never able to repay God. And it is in doing that which we are free. And so when we understand the magnitude of what happened on that we will begin to see more and maybe take more seriously As to why we worship this As to why we celebrate. Because of all the things. Thousands of years before. Jesus Christ. Went up that mountain. There was a man by the name of Abraham. And he led his own son Isaac. Up the very same mountain. And Isaac also carried goods upon his back. But as Abraham led his son up that mountain,
1: and as Abraham laid his son before God on that very same mountain, thousands of years before Jesus Christ went up,
0: God intervened, and God took that knife away from
1: Abraham, and God provided a lamb for Abraham to. God says, Abraham, you don't need to sacrifice your son for me. I will provide.
0: I will provide. And that lamb was a shadow of things to come. Because thousands of years later, God the Father led God the Son up the very same mountain, that Abraham led his son Isaac. And when God led his son up that mountain, there was no one to intervene. And upon that mountain, God sacrificed his own to pay for the sin of the world. He says, you don't have to. In Christianity, he says, God says, you don't have to die for me, but I would.
1: That's what gives us power as Christians. That is the power in the gospel in which the apostle Paul testified that it is the power that brings salvation. And brothers and sisters, if we are to find that power once more in the churches, if we're to find that power once more in Christianity here in America, we must return to the foot of the cross. We must return to it upon our knees
0: and kneel on that cross. All of our answers to life is found on that. All the answers to every question that we have is found on that. We must return. We must study it. We
1: must understand it. I believe that for all of eternity, we will continue to study this, the work of our Lord Jesus Christ on that cross. And we will never fully be able to grasp
0: the depth of his wisdom, the depth of his, the depth of his grace. Today, on this Easter Sunday, I pray that God be with you every single one. Continue to empower you for his kingdom. Let us pray. God, we thank you so much for this day of worship. What an awesome day it is. What a great time it is. The
1: most important day of the Christian year. A time in which we gather together to understand what your son Jesus Christ has
0: done for us throughout his whole life. basing upon what he did even upon that cross. And then as he goes
1: into the tomb, after three days, he rises from the tomb. And so today we are confident that we are worshiping the true God indeed. The creator of heaven and earth. The creator of all. This resurrection has confirmed to us who we are. And so we can find assurance. In we can find assurance that today we are free
0: indeed. That sin can no longer hold us. That death can no longer hold us down. It is only A temporary thing. But we know that one day, once again, even if we were, that once a day, once again, one day, we will rise. We too will also be. And so, God, we put all our hope in your son, put all our faith in your son. As we close this worship, session, we pray for all things to bring you good, the sake of your name. The sake of you. All right. God bless everybody, and have a wonderful, wonderful day today.